Welcome to Faith Center Four Square Church's Message of the Week. For more information on the church or ministry, head on over to our website, eurekafaithcenter.org, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Now, we hope you enjoy this message. How you guys doing? You good? So, I am super, super excited about Christmas. Did you know I love Christmas? I love it. This is the second week of Advent. We lit the love candle today, and I just love Christmas. I wish I could sing Christmas carols all morning long, and we could just keep doing worship. Um, If that's you, we are going to have a Christmas carol worship night, an O Holy Night worship night on Friday. Um, At 6.30, you can come and have hot cocoa and cookies. If you don't want to, you know, be here for the worship, you can come for the sugar, right? Um, so, but seven o'clock on Friday, we'll be having a worship night and a holy night worship night. So come, let's sing Christmas carols together. Let's worship the Lord together. More importantly, amen. Amen. And then Saturday, we don't have service because of the truckers parade. So grab a friend, grab your family, go watch the parade, have fun. Um, we'll pray for no rain, right? And then we have this awesome Advent guide that was created for you guys. It's out at the kiosk. And inside of it, it says all of the different ways that you can give. Um, This is the season of generosity. It also has a list of all of our services for Christmas Eve. We have three Christmas Eve services. We will not be having services on Christmas Day, although we will be live streaming something um, for you to worship the Lord with if you want on Christmas morning. But we want to provide that time for you to spend time with your family on Christmas morning, even though it is a Sunday. Um, We will not be having services on New Year's Eve either, but we will have services on New Year's Day. But you can find all of that in your bulletin online, in the Christmas guide. Um, Make sure you grab one at the kiosk. And I think that is all I have for announcements. But they're all about Christmas, so it's basically part of the sermon, right? I love Christmas. I love Jesus, and I love Christmas. And I think that those things go together all year long, right? And if I've learned anything about love, we're talking about love this morning, we lit the love candle. If I've learned anything about love, it's that it changes us, right? Love changes us. It changes everything. It changes the way we think. It changes the way we act. It changes the way we hear a song on the radio, right? Come on, you remember that that first love and your song? I remember that song on the radio that reminded me of that special person. No, just me. I remember in high school driving down the road like 16. I love this song. Um, But true love, true perfect love changes everything. And that's what we're talking about at Christmas. We're talking about love come down in the form of a Savior that really did change the world. And last week we lit the hope candle. And the thing I love about the Christmas season is that hope and love and joy and peace, all of these things, they go together. And hope is that, that expectation. Hope is that thing that grows in the waiting as we get ready for whatever we're getting ready for, for the love for Jesus to come on Christmas morning, right? Christmas has a lot of waiting, right? Yeah, we get to wait to open presents. Do you get to open your presents today? I don't think so. If you have presents under your tree, I bet you would get in trouble if you went home right now and opened them up. I know my kids would, but that's why we don't put them out until later. Um, 
But we, we're waiting. We're waiting for the day. We're waiting for Christmas. We're waiting to open presents. We're waiting to have Thanksgiving, or it's not Thanksgiving, Christmas dinner or Christmas Eve dinner. Some people open their presents on Christmas Eve. Some pre- people open their presents on Christmas Day. I'm here to tell you that Jesus' birthday is Christmas Day. So I won't judge you if you open your presents on Christmas Eve, but you should be able to wait until the actual day. Just saying. But we are celebrating this season, and what is awesome about this story is the the story of the miracles before the miracle. Way, way, way back in time, hundreds of years ago, before Jesus ever came to earth, there were prophecies that there would one day be a Savior. There would one day be that hope for salvation. That, that someone would come to seek and to save the lost. And we see in the book of Isaiah over and over and over again these prophecies of a hope for a future, a hope for love. And it's awesome and amazing and miraculous and so simple that God's strategy to save the world really is love. God's strategy to save the world was love come down as a baby. The hope of a Savior was answered in the love that came down to earth. The miracle of Jesus, that God is love, that he came to the world, it's just amazing and it's miraculous. And it's not something that's supposed to be seasonal. It's not something that's just for Christmas. Yes, I'm the crazy lady that likes to play Christmas music all year long, And I like to pretend it's Christmas all year long because guess what? It's fun. Christmas is fun. It is. You can't walk in here and not be like amazed and wondrous and all of those things, right? But we get to tap into that all year long. The Lord invites us to tap into the wonder of his love all year long. Today I'm going to read you a story that talks about another miracle before the miracle. It's in the book of Luke, and it's a story about a guy and his gal, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And they were waiting, waiting and waiting and waiting for a special love. In Luke 1, 5, it says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. One day, an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah. He said, or sorry, when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am old. 
and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months she remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Hope and love. Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous people. They hoped for a special kind of love, right? They longed for a baby. They had prayed and asked God for a child for years and years and years, and it seemed like God had said no. Have you ever waited and prayed for something for so long that you just thought, sounds like a no? Sometimes the longer we wait for a thing, the more our hope begins to dwindle, the more our hope gets a little bit darker and darker. Maybe even you get to the point where you think that this miracle that you've been praying for, this hope that you have, this thing that you've desired with all of your heart isn't possible. It's not in the cards. The Bible tells us that Zechariah was serving God. He and Elizabeth were righteous people. They had prayed and prayed and prayed. And I'm sure this baby conversation had happened for years and years and years between the two of them. I'm sure they had talked about it and laughed about it and cried about it and argued about it and dreamt about what the future would be with this child. They had worried when it didn't happen. They had cried when year after year after year seemed to have gone by. And their desire for a child at some point they had to put to rest this conversation. At some point, they had to decide, we're not going to talk about this anymore. At some point, they had to decide, we're not going to hope for this. And then, an angel of the Lord appears, right? They're always stirring up trouble, I think, when they come. Right? I mean... For real, if an angel, like, jumped in front of your car as you drove out of the parking lot, wouldn't you be a little, like, hello, what's going on? I think it's important to note that when we're looking at this story, it wasn't that Zachariah didn't believe in God, right? The Bible tells us that he was a righteous man of faith. He went to the temple. He did all the things. His, his wife was a woman of prayer. They were people of God. He believed in God. It wasn't that he didn't believe in God or that he didn't have faith or hope, but his faith and his hope for this one thing just wasn't there anymore. They had wished and wanted and prayed for so long for something that was so big that just didn't seem like it was happening. And they decided to not hope for it anymore, that it just wasn't going to happen. When we choose as people to decide to not hope for something, instead of choosing hope, we're kind of choosing something else. We're choosing to be numb or neutral or indifferent. We're choosing to not hope anymore. And that hope gets replaced with other things. 
Sometimes we get used to the fact, we get so used to it that when God finally does that miracle or when God finally says go or when God finally says yes or blesses us with something, that we just don't get it. It's not that we don't see it, it's just that we don't believe it. Like you're joking, right? Zechariah doesn't believe the angel because in his mind he's already decided that that miracle isn't for them, that it's not going to happen for him and Elizabeth. And the angel responds with, I'm Gabriel, hello. I stand in the presence of God, can you not tell? I'm here to tell you this news, and now, because you don't believe me, you will be silent and you will not speak until the day it happens. Talk about a pregnant pause, right? Zachariah is silenced, completely silenced. God works well in silence, in quiet places, when we're quick to listen and slow to speak, when our ears are open and our mouths are shut, when we're actively listening, he speaks to the deepest parts of our soul. And this angel comes and, and honestly brings up a rather painful subject. This is a sore subject. What does Elizabeth said, say, say at the end? She says, he has shown me favor and taken away my disgrace. This is a sore, sore spot in their life. It is a piece of pain and of disappointment. And I think the Lord knew that. And I think the Lord knew exactly how Zachariah would respond. And I think the Lord knew that Zachariah needed to be shut up for that time period. I don't know about you, but as a pregnant woman, like to have that silence around would just be like, But I bet what Zachariah really wanted to say to that angel when he said, you're going to have a baby, congratulations. Please don't make me hope for something that I'm going to get disappointed about again. I could just see Zachariah, that fear, right? that fear of being disappointed, of longing for something, of waiting for something for so long that didn't happen, to allow that hope to grow again just to be disappointed would be soul-crushing. That very human fear. And I love this part of the story because what looks like punishment to us, like he didn't believe, so he was silenced. For me, it, the first time I read that is like, oh, he's in trouble. You didn't believe the angel, now your mouth's going to get shut. For me, that would be punishment. But, no, that's funny. But what looks like punishment, a punishment of silence, is really just another example of God's great love for Zachariah. Because I believe that God loved him so much that he knew that Zachariah needed that space of silence to grow that hope to rekindle the flame of hope and love in his heart for that baby that was coming. And it says that Elizabeth hid in seclusion for five months. Like he knew that baby was coming. He watched for those five months. But the Lord gave him that gift, that space, 
to absorb the full gift that God was going to give him. And it also gave him the time and the space that he needed to deal with the hidden things in his heart. Maybe the bitterness, maybe the resentment, maybe just the hardness of not getting the thing that you desired most for so long. Some of us are there. Some of us have been there. You've prayed and you've wanted and you, you've warred. Maybe it's for a family member. Maybe it's for finances. Maybe it's for a house. Maybe it's for real things that are important. And you've just prayed for so long and you've prayed so hard that you don't feel like you can pray anymore. Or maybe you just have decided to switch that hope switch off and say, well, maybe it's not in the cards for me. But the Lord is calling us to a place where we continue to have hope and we continue to tap into that hope because that hope is what connects us to his love. So that when he does the thing that he says he's going to do, we can receive it with open arms, with open eyes, with open hearts, without a hardness that doesn't let us absorb the things that he wants to deposit into our spirits. And it's hard because we don't really live in a world full of wonders and miracles all the time. If we step outside this building, we really see hard things. We see ugly things. We see some joy too, but sometimes the things that we tend to grasp onto are those, are those negative things, those, those bad things. The world that we live in isn't one of hope and love. And it's sad, but we've kind of gotten used to it, right? We've kind of gotten numb to that fact. We've kind of become indifferent at times. Oh, it is what it is. It is what it is. We even at church, we sing about blessings and miracles and wanting these blessings and miracles. And we say those things with our mouth, but sometimes, even me, I'm, it's hard to hope for those things because I haven't seen them. Or at least I haven't seen enough in my mind to hope for it continually. But my prayer is this holiday season that we will have this shift of hope in our hearts, the shift of love in our hearts that really opens us up to this, this experience of God's love. Because God's love is not a gift that's packaged in a box. God's love is something to be experienced. And whether you need to sit in silence to listen to what the Lord has for you, to get to that place of hope again, or maybe you need to spend some time in worship to break down the walls that you've put up around your hearts that doesn't allow the Lord to deposit what he wants to deposit in you. Maybe it's giving. Maybe it's generosity. Maybe it's giving out so that the Lord can fill you. Whatever it is this holiday season, the amazing thing is that God's strategic plan for us really is simple. It really is just love. Love God and love people. And our responsibility is to take care of our own selves in that, to be at the place, whether it's in silence or whatever, that when God says, here you go, I'm going to give you this blessing, that we believe it, that we receive it, and that we go and we be that love for other people and for ourselves and for our families and for our world. Today, we're really blessed to have missionaries here from Peru. They're missionaries to the Amazon. Uh, Jennifer and Israel Arambargo are here. Um, and their story is so similar to the story in the sense that 
they really for decades have this investment in this, in this space in our world of praying and warring and loving and hoping for a people that the Lord would deposit his love into this region, into these people, and that they would be transformed by really the Christmas story, that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And he's given them this heart, this, this almost mother's heart, to labor and, and pray over these people, and to do so for years and years, and they are just now seeing even more of the Lord's harvest and what he wants to do in his people, in the ends of the earth. And that's what it's all about. And so today we're going to watch a short video, and then I'm going to give Jennifer the stage to come and share with you what the Lord is doing in other parts of our world in the hopes that the miracles and the blessings that God is doing everywhere, that we're reminded that, that we have access to that, that we get to be a part of that, that we get to partner with that. So let's watch that video real quick. Good morning. My name is Jennifer Arnborgo. For those of you that don't know me, and it is truly a joy to be here today with you all. This Christmas season, this joyful season, uh, I'm with you. Favorite time of the year. And so um, this story on the video that you just saw really does tie in in such a powerful way with the story that we're reflecting on this morning. Because there have been years of waiting and sowing and hoping and hope deferred and hoping again and battle after battle. I've been in the Proving Amazon for 22 years. My husband is Peruvian, so he's been there since he was four. He was born in the capital city. And even before our work, his parents have been sewing and waiting and, and working and pushing through persecution. They lived in the region in a time when it was illegal to preach the gospel and paid the price in many very costly ways to obey God and his calling and to open up the way, so to speak, in the plowing, planting 800 churches throughout the vast region of the Amazon jungle. And so the Lord rewards those who continue to wait on him. And we know from Isaiah, those who wait, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And sometimes it's in that waiting and that long, prolonged time that he's doing such an essential work inside of us before that moment comes. And the video gave a first little intro into what God is doing now in this season post-pandemic just like that church was, be, was able to be planted in the red zone where things are so intense. God is at work in the most intense places. And so the churches of Iquitos were shut down like everywhere in the world. And well beyond when we had reached herd immunity, we still were not allowed to meet. The government was doing many unreasonable things. Nobody was getting sick anymore, but they still kept the churches shut down. And the pastors of the city reached out to us because we are networked. The Lord's given us a lot of connections across the body of Christ. And they called us and said, can we come and meet at your mission school? That's our training center for raising up more church plants to keep on planters, to keep on going out into the jungle 
And we have it outside the city, middle of nowhere, in the jungle, so that people coming from tribes feel comfortable there. And so they said, it's way out there. There's not going to be any police coming to check on us to see if we're having meetings. Can we do that? And, and we were so excited. Yes, let's do that. And so we set the day. And by 1 in the afternoon, we thought maybe 100 people would show up. There was already 600 people hungry to come together again. And it was amazing. These were people from all different church flavors and expressions and denominations and just broken. Our city lost 65 pastors during the pandemic, during the first few months of the pandemic. It hit so hard and fast. And so many of these people have just felt orphaned, so to speak. And so we came together and everybody just was weeping in the presence of God and the presence of the Lord moved in in such a powerful way. It was so tangible. Nobody even wanted to speak for long periods of time, talking about God working in the silence. We were just silent in the presence of God, doing deep works, turning the pain into beauty, turning the ashes into beauty, and his heart, his spirit, mending our hearts. And a, and a unity was birthed that we have never experienced before. When I first moved to Iquitos, there was a lot of division among churches. And God has changed that. And I'll add this, just an example, with the waiting and the sowing. When my husband and I first started ministry together, we were doing youth ministry. And the Lord blessed us, growing a group of about seven young people to well over 1,200. And we taught them for years about purity and covenant and marriage, coming into a culture where people don't get married historically. They're all moving into the city from tribes where it doesn't even exist. And so we get young women getting pregnant over and over and over again. For 10 years, we didn't see one of our young people coming up into adulthood enter into marriage, even with all the teaching and the waiting. In the 10th year, there were eight couples that got married that year. So it just illustrates the same principle that sometimes the waiting is a long time, but God always has something amazing planned on the other end of it. So at this gathering, returning to the other story, all these people were so hungry for God, we didn't want to move, and, the, and his presence was just being poured out. Everybody just ended up staying for five days without leaving because it was so amazing what was happening. And so at that time, the pastors and everybody started asking each other, what's next? What does God want to do now in the Amazon jungle? And the Lord gave us the idea of renting a huge boat. We did this in May of this year. We rented a four-story barge and loaded it with over 200 young people, went up the river, training them, everybody in intercession, worship, that same amazing presence of God traveling up the river on this part. We hit the main square of uh, the city of Yorimaguas, 120,000 people, and, and the Holy Spirit was ready to hit there too. We started preaching, and nobody even waited for an altar call. 
We couldn't even get five minutes into the preaching, and people were running forward, hungry for Jesus, saying, can I give my life to Jesus? Just getting saved, and then they wanted to get baptized, so we had to find a portable swimming pool last minute, set that up right there in a public square, and people were getting spontaneously baptized, coming up out of the waters of baptism, filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, getting healed of amazing things like blindness and deafness and cancer and diabetes. And they kept on coming and coming. We, we had to go on for five hours until we had finally accommodated all the people that wanted to come get saved and baptized. And then the young people were so excited with what God was doing. Our young people, in their own initiative, said to each other, let's go to the hospital. God's going to do something great. And they did. They got permission, went in, laid hands on the sick. And of 90 patients, 70 of them got completely healed. Hospital was almost emptied out by the power of God that was hitting that place. Then they went on to seven more jungle locations, and the same thing was happening in each one. There were over 700 baptisms that week, thousands of salvations, thousands of healings, and our city is never going to be the same. We're excited to get back home, see what God is going to do next. And I just want to, yes, praise the Lord. It really is. We're so excited. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to mention this verse as I close. Proverbs talks about hope deferred, and and we have had over the years battle after battle. Our youngest was in a coma just three years ago for 17 days, and the Lord did a miracle there too. She's so alive and well and, and sharing the love of Jesus. You can actually learn more about that. I have another book that's available out there that tells that story. But after so many battles, we're in a season of harvest. We're in a season of outpouring, of prayers answered. And I believe this Christmas season that God wants to bring a lot of hopes alive that have been deferred. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And uh, we got a lot of pretty trees up and around, right? Christmas trees. I want to encourage you as you look at your Christmas tree that you remember that the tree of life, and that God has answers to prayers that you've been praying for a long time or even stopped praying. So I just wanted to encourage you with that this morning. Thank you so much once again for having us here. God bless you. Thanks, Jennifer. They're going to be out in the lobby after services, and Leslie's going to come in a few minutes and and share with you how we can give and support and partner with them um, in ministry. The awesome story of Christmas is that our hope is not gone. It is not lost, that it is here, Um, that our hope and our love and our joy doesn't have to be seasonal that it can be something that happens all throughout the year, and that God's story is not over. Our stories are not over. The story of what he's doing in the Amazon is not over. The story of what he's doing at Faith Center is not over. And I wanted to read a verse um, from John 19.21 in her book, um, Jennifer, A Memoir of a Poured Out Life. Um, She talks about how this thing 
this this ministry, this life that she lives is is laboring, is laboring and is is like being pregnant and and bearing fruit, and they're just seeing the fruit. But in John chapter 19, verse 21, it says, A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that that child is born into the world. And so I, I, I just want to affirm what she said is that we, we've been in the season of, of travail, the season of work, the season of hoping and praying and, and worshiping our way into a new thing. And I, my prayer is that the Lord would bring our hope alive in a way that gets to see the fruit of those things. And I love this verse because it says that when the child is born, when we see the blessing, when, we, when, when it's here, when God has given us our miracle, that all we have is the joy of it, that our joy will be full. Um, and I was in this, it's funny because I was in this ministry um, workshop not too long ago, and the leader said, um, I want to die empty want to die empty. And in my brain, in my exhausted brain at the time, I'm like, I'm already empty. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to pour anything else out. And the Lord said, you're, you're empty of you, but you're full of me. And I think that's what he wants to give us this season, to be full of him, to be empty of us and full of him. And if we're full of him, then it's not hard to do all the things that he's asked us to do. It's not hard to love well. It's not hard to hope well. Amen. Amen. So we're going to watch a short, 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 short video um, really quickly. I think this message is just so all-encompassing. Um, we are coming out of the season of praying and hoping for a new pastor, and they will be here this next weekend. They will be installed. Joe and Kathleen Parks will be installed as our new pastors. But I want to take the minute to say thank you to our staff and our pastors who have really prayed and prayed and worked and worshiped us through this time. And you have an opportunity this season to also give to them. So we're going to watch a short video from our council, and then Leslie's going to come and tell about more opportunities to be generous this holiday season. Merry Christmas. On behalf of the church council, you're invited to prayerfully consider participating in a Christmas love offering for our staff and pastors. This is one way we can tell them thank you and bless their families this Christmas. Through the weekend of December 17th and 18th, you can designate a staff offering on a giving envelope. The offering will be divided up among the staff and pastors. The Christmas season inspires generosity, but many of us feel that pressure to find the perfect gift for someone. But instead of that stress, let's lean into the joy of giving, both in the gifts that we give our loved ones and those that we give the Lord. So allow the Lord to stretch you to become generous givers to the church. But in addition to that, to give offerings to God's work in the world. And whether that is supporting a ministry like Teen Challenge that is right here in town, or whether that's in a work overseas. In Philippians 1.5, Paul gives thanks for the Philippians because of their partnership with him in the gospel. And one of the chief ways that they partner with him was through financially assisting his missionary work. So as we receive the offering this morning, I urge you to consider 
giving a gift to a missionary like the Aaron Borgos. And if this idea of partnership in the gospel really strikes a chord with you, I'd urge you to consider going a further step in monthly support of a missionary. My husband and I support three different missionaries on a monthly basis, and I can testify that I feel a partnership with them. I feel a connection to them, that I am partnering with their work. Um, so if you want to give a gift today, you can write that on your tithe envelope. You can write Peru. If you're giving online under the other, you can specify Peru. But if you're interested in this idea of monthly support, stop by and see them at their table. And I would also invite you to come out tonight at 5 o'clock in the Dome. We're just having a kind of a meet and greet with them. You can hear more about their um, ministry. So it's going to be an informal time. I'd love to see some of you there. Um, so let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the most amazing gift that you have given us in the birth of Jesus. May that gift inspire us um, to have the generosity of Christmas permeate our lives in all seasons. Lord, we thank you for the tithes and offerings that we receive today. May they be used for your glory. In Jesus' name.